0: What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of Dev Talks with your host, Travian. I just want to say thank you for all the support that's been coming on lately. Appreciate everybody who's been subscribing, who's been commenting, who's been even liking. It all means a lot. Just keep on sharing. Uh, I just really appreciate it. If you haven't seen last week, last week we went over, we did something new. We went over the live stream at the time when uh, Samsung unveiled their new Galaxy and their new AI stuff. So go watch last week's episode if you missed it, because this week we're diving into way more tech news and way more stuff that's possibly interesting. And on top of that, if you guys have any hot takes as far as tech and drop them down in the comments, if you see this, Um, let me know which any of your hot takes are. And once when we get enough of them, they will start becoming segments of the episodes where you guys hot takes will be displayed on screen. And we'll get that done as well too. And now just add more of us going back and forth. So appreciate it. Keep on liking, subscribing. And let's turn this up. Um, this episode up. We have a lot of good tech news going on this week. And we're gonna cover a lot. So let's just dive right into it and get right into this, okay? All right, so First things first, I um, haven't really watched too many of these videos that I brought up. I've probably seen only clips of them to see if I really wanted to talk on them or go over them or inter- integrate them all into the episode and things like that. So really don't know which what much order I'm going to put them in. I order everything out as I plan them to go, <laughs> and um, I try to get them in a, a good enough order to where it kind of makes sense, but this week we're starting with something little different um what i want to do is i want to take a whole aspect of technology and engineering and bring in what all of these places are really doing so i'm going to like bring in different topics and then see how it's relevant and what not of that like the first video is about amazon prime amazon does a lot of stuff they're a big big tech company they do a lot of different things So when they do something, I want to be able to cover that as well, too, because it's relevant to them, if that makes sense. And we're going to cover stuff like that. So the first thing that we have going on is about Amazon adding ads, I believe, into their prime services, which we've seen this before. But let's just hear what they have to say first. And then we're going to put my thoughts on it just so I don't assume anything. All right. So,
1: Okay. So Amazon Prime Video, I wanna ask about this. Um, It's gonna start playing ads in January unless you pay an extra $3 per month to have the ad-free version. Uh, Amazon's profits, though, nearly tripled in Q3 of this year. So what's behind this move?
2: Yeah, I mean, that's a really good question, Chanel. Um, The the answer to that is streaming is reaching an apex at this moment. You probably haven't subscribed to a new streaming service in a number of years. And what that translates on the business end is investors are asking, how are we going to make more money? Mm -hmm. And at the same time, Amazon, for example, is spending nearly a billion dollars on single TV shows like Lord of the Rings. That's a lot of money that it needs to recoup and show investors that it's good for. Um, The answer to that is, you know, okay, now let's start giving people advertisements. We'll limit it. But you know, you can expect over the years as people, you know, as this customer acquisition re- reaches its, um, you know, culmination or its apex, that the advertisements will be the only way to uh, gain, uh, give custom, or give investors the returns that they're looking for from these investments.
1: Yeah, that makes a lot.
0: So, from what I'm taking from this, i see we've seen a lot of streaming services do a lot of price hikes. Netflix does a lot of price hikes they always are raising their prices and things like that but you can also see that kind of from the quality of their shows that they're making and like when you have netflix you think of like stranger things and a bunch of other series that they have netflix originals like they had the witcher was kind of good and stuff like that um there was a bunch of good original shows or movies that have been produced from these streaming services and they're taking a way bigger like um investment from just uploading old movies and things like that and getting the titles and stuff for them. Amazon, nah, I'll tell you. Amazon Prime really did their thing last year, and if you think about it even this year, they're starting off even strong. They have a lot of good series. I can understand them um, needing more money and wanting to make more money and in investment based on the quality of the series they came out with. This year alone they came last year alone they had Reacher they had Invincible come out they have the boys Gen V, which is a series of the boys Lord of the Rings, which you just heard them say it took a billion dollars that they have to figure out how to record that series alone and they ha- and they have movies on top of that too. When I first got Amazon Prime, and started watching it the only good show that was on there i believe was like lucy and like i think no it wasn't lucy it was it was called hannah there's a series called hannah on there that was a good series and i think one other series um i'm blanking right now i can't remember exactly what it was but you look at what they have recently they've been doing numbers they really have been committing to creating shows movies and creating a lot of content around that space so they're He's right. They need to look at a way of being like, how are we going to get more money? And we've seen Netflix just kicked old users, people who are sharing users in different households um, off their accounts. And if you don't want to get kicked off as a user, you have to pay more. And and for whatever uh, reasons and things like that, because you look at what they're trying to do, they're trying to create quality content, quality shows, movies, whatever it is. And they're like, hey, how are we going to make a buck? How are we going to make more money? And their investors are probably wondering how they're going to end up making more money out of this. And regardless, like, especially with a lot of stuff that they have coming out, upcoming shows and things. Um, I, I need to even get subscribed to Netflix because I haven't in such a long time. Uh, it's almost been a year since I've watched Netflix at this point. But Amazon Prime has been keeping me steady. They've been having those shows. Uh, we even see this from other series and stuff like... Apple TV's been doing some good shows recently. Um, been watching like Monarch. That's a good show on there. And there's another one. And then you even have um, HBO, uh, which they call Max now. They call it Max. They have a bunch of series and stuff on there too that they're trying to keep up with and keep budgets and everything aligned with that as well. So all of these... Uh, streaming services are definitely picking up because less people are buying cable tv and they're going to be fairly selective they're all going to try to come out with their own stuff it's going to be like owning a very expansive channel every every month and see what kind of and that's what they're going to need to do to be able to keep on creating the shows that people will like watching and stuff so that's very expected um like good good for them for finding ways to be able to get out on ahead of everything and see how that's going to be able to go but i mean amazon's doing their thing they um they're definitely that's why like for three dollars more you I, I forget if you have to you only need to i think you only needed to get prime to be able to get access to amazon prime or no that's not true i actually had a student discount so it was something like that, but for three dollars more, on top of what you're already paying for Amazon Prime and stuff like that, it for the shows that they're making, especially if you're into watching those shows, and you can share them between any household, you can do all that stuff that Netflix doesn't allow you to do. I I'd say it's pretty impressive as far as um, content-wise on what they're creating and stuff. So um that's only a little but i do see in the future it's going to keep rising it's going to go from 2.99 to possibly five dollars and it's just going to go up there from there until it reaches a certain reasonable point because that's just how things work that's just how things are and that's just how they're gonna to have to be able to bring in more income and stuff and try to get more subscribers from it so i do see it cre- increasing more in the future but as, far as right now, uh, for the content that's out, it's pretty reasonable, I think, for just now. But that's um about what we have for Amazon. And as I said, just taking different routes and stuff. I want to be able to talk about things like this and like shows and things. There's technology and engineering that goes into making shows, music, entertainment. So there's a lot of stuff to talk about with between everything around the board that some people may not be talking about that are inside the same niche. So um that's that's the starters for so next layoffs has been crazy it has been going crazy recently um a lot of companies you're seeing them lay off people for different reasons and things and recently um a few weeks ago didn't get to it last week because remember we did the samsung event so had to push this out a whole extra week which is unfortunate but um, Google has announced more layoffs and things. so We're going to dive into the reasonings between why they decided to do that and go on based off of that as well too. So... Google,
1: including staffers working on its voice assistant and those on its AR or augmented reality hardware team. We're seeing Silicon Valley kicking off 2024 with a series of job cuts.
0: So... Google
1: is now laying off hundreds of people, including staffers working on its voice assistant and those on its AR or augmented re-
0: So just to pause it right there real quick they're laying off hundreds of employees and you can see where they're taking the stuff out of so there's there's two reasons i can see them doing this um two things their voice thing um their google voice uh that they were talking about they're laying off people from there because they have a pretty strong foundation i'm sure in their engineering teams and stuff like that, for their voice Google voice teams to be like, Oh, we can make cuts here, even AR reality. I feel like they got beat to the um punch on this because Apple has their Vision Pro coming out, and then also Meta has their Oculus thing so that people can play on there. I really didn't hear nothing crazy for Google, I mean, Google, um, but that's. That's kind of the reality of how they probably picked out where they're laying off these people from. Because one thing about engineering, I said this in a previous episode that you want to find a niche area and niche area and uh, spot so that you're specialized in it. Um, you know what you're looking for. You know what you're good at. You can develop a lot more focused areas. You still want to be a butterfly and like um know different stuff of course, but you you need to still have a main core thing. Um, and how safe is the thing that you are specializing in and stuff these people who are working in these departments now they have to go hopefully they they were able to like change departments within the company because people do do that when they see uh smoke start to rise they do switch different teams to different departments and things like that or some people will just go to a whole other company and stuff but this is where they're picking up um where they' laying off people from because these two products they have, they probably already have a foundation for it that they don't need as much headway and work towards it and maintenance on the regulars and a a few other reasons. So let's just continue.
1: We're seeing Silicon Valley kicking off 2024 with a series of job cuts, which if we remember is how last year began that preceded the sharpest industry retraction in more than a decade. And it's not just Google, Amazon is also cutting hundreds across its content creation units, including Prime Video and live streaming site like Twitch, Unity software, which makes the tech behind games like Pokemon Go.
0: So even they, she brought up Amazon's Twitch. Twitch doesn't even make money. Twitch is a negative business that Amazon owns, so they're always going to be cutting um, people from there. That's like like that's another thing right there. Like your whole department doesn't make anything too feasible for the company so they're going to get ready for you. So engineers, if you're listening to this, you need to realize what you're doing for if you're gonna apply and work for a certain position in a company, know where you are going and how stable it's gonna be and the stability of it. Because if Twitch, for instance, like yeah, we just saw Prime is raising their um the last video we just did. We just showed Prime is raising their prices and things like that, especially for how much stuff is beginning to cost and things along that line. But how long has people been using Prime? How how much have you seen Prime get updated its format kind of in a way and things like that? But it's mainly just on the movie side. But we you also have Twitch that it just it's negative year after year. It is negative. It doesn't make Amazon any money, it's just a streaming service thing that they own, that they have, and um a bunch of people make content off of it uh, from is
1: reducing its workforce by twenty-five percent, around eighteen hundred jobs. And Duolingo, which makes the popular language learning app, cut ten percent of its contractors, partially from greater use of AI. The layoffs are driven by a desire to cut costs as tech companies pivot to focus on profit over rapid revenue growth. It's about focusing resources on the biggest priorities, especially in the midst of fierce competition in areas like AI. For workers, that's fanning anxiety, particularly about how generative AI could hurt content creation jobs. Unions also argue that the...
0: Um, To make another point for that. So, yeah, AI is affecting jobs as well, too. And I can give you an example right here. ChatGPT came out last year starting a content creation uh journey with the podcast and things like that and ai came out like at the right time for being a solo creator not having a team behind you yet and stuff like that because you can do a lot more stuff way more efficiently you um you you can tell it to do things for you or there's certain tools out there that can do certain editing and stuff for you and go about that so if they don't need you to do certain stuff anymore because they have ai integrations that do it for them they're going to do that 100 percent of the time they're going to do that so you also have to see where is this something that can be efficiently done better by something like ai so that that makes sense necessary
1: at a time when companies like google are bringing in billions in profits every quarter Although overall tech layoffs have been stabilizing since their peak early last year, what's clear is that big tech is still far from the growth of a profit mindset we've seen over much of the past decade.
0: Yeah, and um, she talks about the growth and things like that. I feel like it overgrowed way too fast. It grew way too fast, I believe, for... um, What everything was doing, especially once when everybody got was able to start working back at home and doing things across that. Uh, so they they ended up over employing. I feel like they had a lot of people, um, a lot of people working from remote jobs and different positions and things like that. And then right after the whole COVID and pandemic thing hit then a lot of these companies really evaluated themselves and even during there when they took a a big hit to figure out what they don't need anymore and they cleaned house so yeah that's something that you have to really be careful about uh, on this trend and things like that but we're going to talk about more about AI and one thing that we're reviewing it's part of the news there was an interview with the co-founder of palletier names joe lonsdale so he um and the anchor and stuff at the news at cnbc they talked a little bit about how ai is going to be changing positions and things like that and there was a whole meeting out of the country um and another country of all the new tech and ai stuff and productivity and how it's being availed through uh, through how it's going to help people more and stuff like that so we're going to dive into how that's all working out because we might be able to learn something i only watched a, a little bit of the beginning of this video and uh, i feel like there's something good that he can probably tell us and we can learn something from it and just know how other ceos have Tech companies are looking at ai and how they're going to be using it uh especially for the benefit of their businesses and stuff so let's first
3: stage see last week at the world economic forum in davos alongside discussions of global conflicts including the russia ukraine war and the israel hamas war join us right now to discuss the intersection of geopolitics and technology joel on is here founding partner of eight vco which is a uh, back defense tech companies like andrel and uh, Epirus is also co founder, of course, of Palantir and co founder of a self described free speech university in Austin, which I want to talk to you about. But I want to ask you, I want to start with just an AI question. Mm-hmm. Everybody was going, you know, AI crazy in Davos. And the thing that I can't figure out is whether AI is going to be so pervasive that it becomes sort of a commoditized feature of basically every piece of software that everybody has, or whether it's actually going to be a. St- Going to ultimately create new standalone products that create new value, meaning you look at some of these. If it's, if it's just going to be a feature of everything, then the question is, how much more value is it creating in these in in the companies that either already exist or the new companies? Do you see what I'm saying?
4: Yeah. Well, you know, AI, Andrew is going to be something that before he um, dives into
0: that, I kind of I didn't see his answer yet, so um, I want to kind of put what I think it's going to be. So. AI features, the more features that you add onto it, any feature is supposed to either allow you to do something new or it mainly allow, it normally allows you to do something new and things like that. But what these companies are doing with AI is how are we can we make stuff easier and so that we can get more done, be more productive um, and from that whole scale. So... I believe he's going to talk about how people we're going to be using these features in different companies of be to become more productive, to make their normal tasks easier and things like that, where they don't need the extra help to do certain tasks and grow on much more beyond that. So um, let's see what that's going to look like, because uh, he's about to tell us, I guess
4: impacts productivity that's what really matters here right? at the end of the day what are we all doing with these markets with these businesses you want to create more with less you want right. to create more prosperity for society when you have something like electricity I mean it takes Decades work its way through everything right electricity. I think 30 years in, you finally have factories designed to use electricity But, but even the, even in the first decade it did a lot of other things right AI right now It's going after a lot of areas. We're seeing already how it could raise the margins how it could address things There's lots of service areas of the economy. I'll give you one example Healthcare is a 280 billion revenue area 280 billion revenue area and we're already seeing how AI is probably gonna be able to Double the margins in that area which basically means you pull hundred billion dollars of spend out of the economy that's that's new wealth it creates your right. productivity. There's, there's probably gonna be trillions of dollars of about the next five years. You think in the next five years that that happened? I think you actually see by the mid to late 2020s, like economic numbers showing up where productivity has gone up. Do you think, though, you know, you look, I was thinking Con Ed, which is electricity.
0: And you see there like. So their aspect of it is, hey, these features are going to make this so much easier that People are going to be able to get so much more done in less time. That is going to make their companies and people way more product productive. It's going to save so much more money and companies are going to be able to make way more money from that span. And from what we've even seen today, I believe that's pretty much true. I'm able to get more stuff done because of ChatGPT and things like that and figuring out certain stuff. I can get more content out and just be able to grow faster and figure out things. And there's a bunch of AI tools that people reach out about and try to get you to use for, especially for content creators and for anything. You see it in your jobs, your jobs are picking up ML and AI teams, um, getting all the progress built up on those jobs. If, and right now, all those other jobs, we just seen Google get do layoffs, Amazon doing layoffs, every company is doing layoffs out here and you want to know where you want to go you want to be on their ml and ai teams if you want to specialize in anything right now if you're a new engineer and you want to learn something new if you want to pick up something and have a good background and keep and have good job security join your ai and ml teams those two teams are going to be the groundbreakers for your company they're going to be the the people who they stick with for sure over the next few years, you have way more stability because in the next five to 10 years, this is something that all of society is going to be focusing on. They just had a whole summit, they said, and they said they, all they talked about was AI there. That all the only, only thing out of all the tech that you can talk about. The main thing that was mentioned was AI.
3: In New York. It's not a a great high flyer of a a stock because at some point it does become commoditized. So is is there like a period right now which is like a renaissance and then it it gets commoditized? The other thing that I worry about or think about is whether we're in 1996 or 1999 where there's just going to be too much of an almost overinvestment in in this area and there's going to be a complete, a
4: lot of collateral damage when it's over. I mean, the way markets work with new possibilities is there always is overinvestment. There's a few big platforms that emerge that are going to be extraordinarily valuable. The same way in the late 90s, you have things like Amazon born, you have Google born. Obviously, those would have been really good bets. You have a lot of other things that there's too much hype. But then basically, you have these infrastructure for AI that makes a lot of money because two or three or five things emerge as winners there. And then the whole economy benefits. If productivity goes up as much as it looks like it's going to do, that makes money for every one of us. That's a good thing for the whole society.
0: I wonder if it makes more more people for the the people working there. The only way I can see it making more people for the workers is companies are reaching their margins easier. So you're more guaranteed the bonuses and stuff. If you're in corporate to receive them minus and companies are going to also be working on less overhead and less employees. So the margins are even better in that case as well, too, because less employees are doing more so why would you need any more than you already have at that point and continue to grow from that point when you already got what you wanted so um that everything everything he's saying so far is really making sense and it's really aligning and the future of what ai is going to be doing in the next years
3: software piece or the hardware piece. One of the things that I think has been fascinating to hear people were talking about it actually in Davos is Sam Altman who was there from OpenAI clearly has been looking around to try to raise money to actually start manufacturing chips. In the the old world, chips were never considered a valuable thing to do. And by the way, maybe in 10 years from now, there'll be an overabundance of chips and nobody will care about chips anymore. But for the next 5 or 10 years, it seems like, you know,
4: people won't be able to get enough of them. The infrastructure of chips is critical to make this work. If you can make Chips commoditized that means the rest of us are gonna be all very well off because you're gonna be applying it to the whole economy I mean the most money is gonna be made frankly for the S&P 500 for the big companies that are more productive overall That's where the real money gets made if this works, but we need the chips to do that I mean Sam's thinking how can I apply this technology? How do we scale it? There's a scarcity of, of chips, so it's really smart to do in the defense
3: world How do you think it fundamentally changes things? I mean we were talking to your uh, co-founder uh, Alex Carp about sort of how AI is going to impact his business he's leveraging ChatGPT and some of these other uh, large language models as well. So the question is, do you have to create
4: your own model? Is it really just about taking somebody else's model and applying it to what you're doing? Well, it was really cool. I guess OpenAI opened up to defense now. But listen, in the defense world, software is becoming more important. AI makes software determinative in defense. We already have all these new companies needed in defense because the old big primes, the big legacy defense contractors, they're really good at hardware. They're pretty bad at software. Thanks to AI, you now desperately need all the new companies in defense because there's a bigger gap there.
1: What does what does that mean? Determinant, like determine.
4: It who means like, it means after,
1: that... you mean determining what what lines you kind of follow
4: it means determining like what technologies are dominant in warfare right so if you if you have AI being as good as it is now suddenly uh, it really really matters to have the best software if you're gonna be doing like you want to get a certain amount of money for a certain amount of outcome right so if you're gonna be building a thousand small autonomous drones for some kind of battle scenario if you have AI you desperately gonna need the best software companies involved in that otherwise you're gonna lose that battle you're gonna you're gonna not
0: so i just wanted to leave it there real quick and that's all um, about it from that video that i really wanted to take from that video because I, I wanted to stop it there because i just wanted to show the scale of where ai is growing from um he covered two big things right now sam Altman, i told you guys last year in previous episodes he when he left OpenAI and they were trying to let him go he was creating his own chip space and now he's a Co-founder of that and a CEO, and OpenAI and ChatGPT and all of them are just going to grow and blossom with Microsoft. Uh, with that being said, as well too, so that just shows you that there's a need for something out there, and they're trying to fulfill these needs, and these people are out here doing so by that. So if you are thinking about any projects and stuff, think about AI projects, and then you also show how. He's he works for defense companies and stuff, too. They they're looking for people for software and defense things as well for that, too, for global um, protection or war or whatever the things they're showing that AI is becoming lucrative in almost every aspect of life. He talked about healthcare. Um, He talked about just AI for productivity stuff. He talked about it for defense reasons. Uh, they're going to be using AI for so much in this world nowadays that, I mean, it's stuffs stuff's growing as things and another company that's growing and hopefully they're going to be growing with more unique products besides their iPhones and things like that. So they can continue to be more is a company like Apple. So Apple, it, it, they apparently released a new feature so I haven't seen what the feature is yet. So this is the first time that both of us, all of us, will be looking at this together and see what we can take from it uh, as well, too. Because Apple's they're talking about some different. Con- will want- Apple's talking about some different kinds of defenses. And so uh, let's see.
5: To turn on and protect yourself, your data, and your money, and it follows a year-long investigation from the Wall Street Journal's Joanna Stern on the nationwide uptick in iPhone thefts features called Stolen Device Protection. Joining us now is Joanna Stern. Joanna, great work on this. I think Apple responding basically probably directly to your reports. What is this and what does it do?
6: Yes, so yesterday Apple released iOS 17.3. And usually these dot releases, they don't have that much in terms of features, but this feature is very important. It's called Stolen Device Protection and it is in your settings menu under Face ID. And when you go in there, you turn this on if your phone and your passcode were to be stolen, this setting protects your device and your data in a really significant way. It basically disables or it lessens the power of the passcode to do a whole bunch of things like steal your money and steal your data. So when you turn this on, you're just getting a better layer or an extra layer of security.
5: Looking at my phone right now. So you go to, you go to passwords and settings. You go to uh, go to
6: settings and then it should say face ID and password. Face ID. So
5: settings, face ID and passwords, turn (laughs) stolen device protection on. But you will have to have had up to upgrade to the very latest version of the operating system.
6: Correct. iOS 17.3.
5: And so if I'm hearing you right, people still they get your phone, they get your passcode. They still be able to do some stuff. They can text people or whatever they want, but it somehow blocks them from accessing a lot of apps where they could do serious monetary damages.
6: Yes. What we had reported is that throughout the year and over the last couple of years, there have been a new wave of crimes happening in many U.S. cities. And what these thieves do is they steal your iPhone, but they also are looking for your passcode. And that passcode can not only unlock savings accounts and all other types of fi- financial accounts because it will get you get people into the password saved on the phone. On top of that, that passcode lets you do a host of things in the Apple settings menu, like turning, changing the password to your account. That's one of the first things the thieves do. They get into your account, they lock you out, so you can't get back in on your Mac or some other device. So this is going to help with some of that.
5: Yeah, it's tremendous work. because. So I, I honestly think that's all we need to see
0: from that. That's actually quite impressive in things. Um, we just talked about from the Samsung event that they, all the privacy things that they were adding into their phone to protect people from, uh, to protect people's data and stuff like that from uh, the last episode from last week, uh, when they released the Galaxy S24 and a 24 Ultra. So they showed a bunch of privacy things like that. Now, Apple's taking their privacy to another level because they brought up some privacy changes and stuff mainly around browsing when they released their phone but now they're making it so that it's easier for people to not get locked out their devices and won't be able to people won't be able to get their money stolen and stuff like that and normally when apple does come out with new features and stuff like that i do not update my phone at all like i really don't when Apple comes out with those, these features, I normally wait some time, let them fix the bug fixes and things like that. But this is more or less a security thing. So it's priority is getting raised up there. So that means that I'm going to have to probably be doing more and going out and updating it, especially with an Apple product and stuff, um, because I don't have my Galaxy Ultra yet. And who knows when that will be, but that would definitely be something that's going to be figured out soon. And we'll be able to grow from it from there. But that is really dope from Apple, man. It's it's really cool to see stuff like that. Um, It's cool to see things get taken care of in the right manners and things like that of that accord, especially because how much do you really get see get done the right way? And. Things need to get better. Things need to get better. People are getting finessed. The more technology and stuff that comes out, the more people are getting finessed, and um, people are using technology to be able to gain uh, from other people and stuff. So the more these companies do to protect us while using their products, the better for them. So that's a plus. That's a gold star for Apple, and that. And speaking about technology protecting us and things. Uh, One of the trendy topics that we on this channel talk about so much is electric vehicles and EVs. Just two weeks ago, um, we talked about Tesla versus BYD. A few weeks before that, we talked about the Cybertruck. And we've been talking about electric vehicles for a long time. Electric vehicles have been on the rise around the world uh, for many different reasons and things. But this in particular I wanted to talk about because I live somewhere it's currently snowing and there's snow out there and stuff and EVs are apparently struggling and I did see I seen something about this too um earlier in the week about or late last week about Chicago and how people's EV cars were going through a bunch of problems and things like that they couldn't make it home, they were getting towed and stuff. So let's just see what this video says from this.
7: But electric vehicle owners are facing a whole new set of challenges as temperatures dip. The cold is affecting two crucial elements of the EV experience, the driving range and the charging speed.
0: I've been here for over five hours at this point.
7: And the reason for both comes down to their power source. Lithium ion batteries. Lithium ion battery. Lithium ion battery. Lithium ion batteries. Like all other batteries, they run on chemical reactions, the movement of electrons and ions from one terminal of the battery to the other. Chemical reactions happen faster when it's hotter and slower when it's colder. And since some of the car's battery power in the winter is being redirected to maintain optimal battery temperature and heat the car cabin, your EV's driving range could be reduced by as much as 25%. The cold also affects the battery charge companies actually slow the charging speed of EVs since charging your car when it's below freezing can make the battery unstable and more likely to fail. So much for bad news, but there is something that can be done. For one, taking few...
0: So before that she goes and dives into the solutions and things like that, Um, I guess this might've been some, the video I saw, but yeah, there, there needs to be... For EVs to be going global as they are, uh, people really need to think about them from the aspect of, can they be used in every area? How are they going to be used in another area, area, every country, and things like that? In cold climates, they're not going to perform well at all. Everybody knows this when you take out stuff, even when your car, your gas car, uh, struggles in the cold and stuff like that sometimes, and yeah, whatever, but like EVs are just way worse because of their batteries that they're using as they were saying they described all the reasonings from it and that person said he was there for five hours it took him he was there for five hours and his car still not charged to the limit i know for teslas you need to you need to keep it around like 80 percent or something like that and because you don't fill up the battery ever um for the battery health and things like that so he's there for five hours and he still didn't get to that benchmark they're not even asking for a fully charge, at that point Um, for how long it is going. And it's going to cut and it's going to cut on range. I, I drove when I drove a Tesla for the first time in Florida and things. It was a cool experience. But one of the experiences that sucked was finding tra- charger stations around me and having to charge them. And then you sit there and you waste a good amount of day just to charge the vehicle back up, especially if you're making. Decent road trips and things like that throughout the day, and all of that. It's really not something that's very efficient for long range just yet, and like driving around all day. Like if you're driving around all day for work and stuff, you cannot own an EV. You really cannot own an EV right now, and that's one of the biggest problems that EVs need to figure out before that. I really think they're going to be able to take over. The, everything. I don't think they'll be able to take over anything until they figure out how to get this range maximized in the safest way possible.
7: Fewer short trips. Each time an EV stops, it cools down and needs to be reheated when started up again. That drains the battery. Tesla also recommends keeping your car plugged in and retaining a minimum of 20% charge at all other times. And since warm batteries charge more easily, Driving for at least 30 minutes before charging your car could speed up the process. Car companies are working on making electric vehicles more efficient in the winters. And in the end, perhaps what EVs lack in efficiency during cold spells, they make up for in environmental impact.
0: So, another thing, I know Tesla even had issues for when people, you know how your car doors freeze over and stuff? Tesla doesn't believe in door handles. So you like you really couldn't open your Tesla doors when they were frozen over and things like that. It was a really big hassle and things. Um as far as that whole Shazam and Sharad and things across that scope. But that's how much like a difference that it really makes for stuff being in the cold and things. Um But with that being said, I just want to say thank you guys for all tuning in to this episode. Appreciate it. Uh, Don't forget to like, comment, subscribe, and share out to everybody. And let me know what you guys are thinking, taking all advice, all that. Just come here, hang out, whatever. Leave comments. Uh, I'm replying to almost every comment. If I'm not replying, I'm liking it. And I'm trying to get all you guys' inputs and things. So if you have hot takes about tech going on in in the world, let me know. And then if you want me to review a certain tech video or anything like that, let me know as well, too. And I will try my best to get to as much of it as possible. I'll review them. I'll see what's up about everything, like what's going on about them and all of that. But thank you all for tuning in. See you guys next week. Peace out and have a good one.